With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Hi, everyone. This is Shelly, a.k.a. The Phoenix. Are you ready to be motivated, educated, entertained, and inspired? Well, you have come to the right place. Now get your pen and paper ready because you're listening to the newest episode of the Conversations with Passion radio show with your host, Corey Poirier. Hello, everybody. It is Corey Poirier. Excited to be back with the latest edition of the Conversations with Passion radio show and excited to actually bring back a guest that we haven't had on the show for a very, very long time. I ran into him at Podcast Movement, the conference a lot of our listeners will be familiar with. And so, Tyler Basu, so cool to have you here today. I think uh, probably the best starting point, Tyler, would be to get you to tell us a little bit about your backstory for our listeners who may be discovering you for the very first time. Sure. Sounds good. And thanks so much for having me, Corey. It's, it's funny you mentioned podcast movement. I'm literally wearing the podcast movement t-shirt right now as we're, uh, as we're chatting. Awesome. Um, so it was good to see you in person there. Uh, as far as my background goes, um, I come from a sales background. I did you know, door-to-door sales pretty much straight out of, uh, out of college. And then I ended up in real estate for a couple of years. And it was while I was in real estate that I started uh, my first podcast that was called Chatting with Champions. I started interviewing a bunch of entrepreneurs and I did that for about two years before I finally jumped into the online marketing world full-time in 2015. Uh, started my own digital magazine called Lifestyle Business Magazine along with a podcast. Uh, created my first online course and from that point forward just have been you know, creating a lot of content online and helping other companies um, with their content strategy as well. And so that's what keeps me busy. Um, that means, you know, lots of, lots of doing interviews like this, lots of writing articles and videos for YouTube and things like that. But it's, it's a lot of fun and it's been an exciting journey. Awesome stuff. Love it. So Tyler, I guess uh, this brings up, uh, I think an important question, this idea of um, us running and people running lifestyle businesses, because even just what you described there, uh, it seems to be uh, some of the things you've done in your journey surround having and living this certain kind of lifestyle. And so I guess, you know, being somebody who spends and focuses, I'm going to say spends a lot of your time and focuses as a niche on this whole idea of lifestyle businesses. Can you, first of all, tell us, I guess the first question out of that is why you think it's becoming so popular for people to want to have a lifestyle business versus maybe what we saw, you know, 40 years ago with the golden watch and work somewhere until you were 65 or 70. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and I think really the, the game changer for, for entrepreneurs and, and really just the, the business world in general has been technology and the internet because it is because of the internet that we are able to, 
connect with people that aren't just local, to have customers that aren't just local, and to promote ourselves globally, really, um, very you know, inexpensively, as long as we've got a couple of different tools, some software and so on, and our laptop and our internet connection, we're pretty much good to go to get something going. Um, so to me, a, a lifestyle entrepreneur is somebody that finds a way to build a business that accommodates some of their lifestyle goals. So that might be you know, more time with family, it might be the freedom to travel or to work from home. Um, they often have a virtual team as opposed to, you know, a brick and mortar office space or physical location, uh, which means that, you know, their business operates online. Um, and so they're, they're location independent and they're in control of their schedule. And uh, so that's what I would define a, a lifestyle entrepreneur as. And, you know, despite the you know, the belief that it's somebody who just sits on a beach and sips margaritas all day long. You know, I personally uh, get quite bored of the beach if I'm there for too long. You know, I don't know if anyone's actually tried that, taking their laptop to the beach. I wouldn't want to do that. I'd probably, you know, be worried about getting sand on the keyboard and so on. So I, I think, yeah, there's a bit of a misconception of, of what it means to be a lifestyle entrepreneur. So I'm glad you asked that question. But to me, it just means building a business very intentionally, very strategically, so that you have some freedom for other priorities. In your life as well. And so, you know, that being said, I mean, you've had the opportunity to get to see a lot of people building unique businesses. And at the same time, Tyler, I'm sure you've seen that there's been a lot of people as well, just like there's uh, obviously a big number of people that start a business that don't succeed. Uh, being a lifestyle entrepreneur still comes with its challenges and things that uh, people, you know, need to learn to be able to thrive or survive. So I guess, can you tell us, um, you know, where do you see, I guess, some of the, the challenges people run into? Like, do you see uh, one of them obviously probably relates to cash flow? You know, if you walk away from a full time job and jump into a lifestyle business, uh, obviously you need to have customers, you need to have money coming in. But, you know, what are some of the challenges you see that people run into? Because we know all that, we know a lot of the positives, but what mm -hmm. are some of the challenges you see people run into when they're trying to make a business? So, I, I've had the opportunity of interviewing. Um, several successful entrepreneurs, close to 200 at this point for, for both the podcasts that I've done and YouTube and so on. And even though I would consider most of those people to be lifestyle entrepreneurs, they, none of them started out as such. Um, I haven't found anyone who's been able to shortcut or bypass that period of like, of, of hustle and grind and like putting in long hours, getting something going, validating your idea, getting your first customers, that kind of stuff. Um, I haven't met anyone who's been able to skip that. Um, but what happens eventually, let's say, you know, you're a coach or a consultant or you're or a freelancer and you're working one-on-one -on -one with clients. And so from that point of view, you're successful. You, your calendar is full. You, you, you've, you've replaced your income from your day job, you're, you're an entrepreneur, you're self-employed, whatever the case is. Um, but there will be a point where you reach a ceiling and you can no longer trade more time or you can no longer take on more clients and, and you'll eventually burn out if you just keep working at that capacity. So what I like to do is when I have people on, on the podcast and I'm learning about how they structured their business is how did they go from that hustle and grind period to the place where they have more structure, more freedom. Like what, what had to happen for them to make that shift? So yeah, you're absolutely right. In the beginning, the biggest challenge is, is getting your first few customers, you know, proving that like whatever it is that you sell, if it's a product or a service, you know, software, a physical product, whatever the case is, 
proving that there actually is a need for that and that people are willing to buy that from you. But once you've, once you're past that the challenge becomes, okay, well, how do you actually structure a business around that? And how do you structure your business in a way that allows you um, to have a lifestyle and to have time for other priorities outside of, of your business. So does that answer your question? I'm happy to dive into any part of that if you'd like. No, it, it certainly, it certainly does. And, and I guess then the other part is, you know, when you mentioned that most of the people, well, pretty much every person you've interviewed, they haven't um, tried to basically go just, you know, full bore into, um, into their business without any kind of at least plan or any way to, to sort of transition in. Um, do you find with the popularity now of being in business for oneself, because I find that's become a lot more popular. And of course, some people just don't like, quote unquote, we, we always said the man, but don't like working for the man. So do you find that um, now at a time like that, more people see this, you know, amazing, I'm going to say mirage area of owning your own business and setting your own hours and all this as uh, something that they should be doing and maybe jumps in without that parachute or plan? Like, do you think that that's happening more than it used to? Yeah, I think that entrepreneurship has definitely become more appealing uh, and, and not necessarily building big businesses, but even just freelancing, like being self-employed, working for yourself has certainly become more appealing. And a lot of folks are realizing that, you know, most jobs are not as secure as we as we've thought them to be. And so for a lot of people, they are prioritizing having having different streams of income or different sources of income. They don't just want one source that can be taken from them at any point without notice and then they're totally screwed. Um, so they're trying to diversify the, themselves a little bit. So in that way, like a freelancer or an entrepreneur can actually be more secure than just having, you know, one source of income from, a, from traditional employment. Because if you're a freelancer and you've got five clients, let's say, and you lose one of them, well, you've still got four. So you're not totally screwed. Um, and you can try to replace that fifth one pretty quick. So you have a bit more control. Um, but I don't think that everyone should set out to be an entrepreneur and I've seen a lot of people become an entrepreneur in different ways. Some people jump off the cliff and build their parachute on the way down. Sometimes it works out, but a lot of times it doesn't. And some people, uh, you know, grind it out. They work full time and they build something on the side for a few years until they get something going and they transition into it. Um, the big mistake I think for, is that people can, is people thinking that they can just jump into it quickly and succeed quickly. Um, I think like any vocation, like any career, you know, whether you are an engineer or a lawyer or an accountant, like these are all trades that take time to learn. And I think entrepreneurship takes a lot of time to learn. There are many different skills you need to actually run a business. And so if somebody thinking that they can just jump into it, because they're sick of working for other people. I think that's a really bad reason to start a business. Like you need to recognize that running a business is not easy, probably not any easier, probably harder than, than working for somebody else and just having to worry about your specific job or your specific role. The moment you're an entrepreneur, there's a lot of roles you need to learn. There's a lot of hats you need to wear until you're able to hire people to handle those different roles for you. So I think, we need to be more patient, um, especially, you know, my generation and, and the millennials, like we have a tendency to think that things are easy and we want them quick. And, you know, there's people like Gary Vaynerchuk who are 
you know, I'm grateful that he preaches the message that, you know, patience is like, is a, is a, you know, it's a rare, but it's an important virtue to have because some things take a long time. And so I, th- I just think we need to be realistic. If somebody's jumping into entrepreneurship, don't think that within a couple of months or a year or two, you're going to have it all figured out and you're going to be the next big success story. Like give yourself just as much time as you would to learn any other profession, how to be a good entrepreneur and just recognize that there's a lot of skill sets you need, you're going to need to acquire along the way. And so you mentioned earlier, uh, Tyler, that you've interviewed now uh, roughly 200 highly successful lifestyle entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs in general. And so I'd love to get your take because this is something that really intrigues me after doing a number of interviews as well. But what uh, have you seen? Uh, we'll call them maybe common traits that they have shared among them that actually, when you compared it to maybe um, people that haven't sort of reached that level or haven't found a, uh, let's say, a personal fulfillment area of their life, have you seen some common traits that they have that maybe others could adopt, adapt, or learn from? Yeah, um, a common trait is, is definitely um, the willingness to experiment and to see everything as an experiment. Like, you know, one business may not work out and that doesn't mean that you're not meant to be an entrepreneur. It just means that there were some things you needed to learn from that. Hopefully you did learn them and then you take those lessons into your next project or into your next business. And even at a smaller scale, just within one business, you know, every day there are little experiments, little data points you should be looking at, things that are working, things that you're testing, things that aren't working. And so at any given time, you shouldn't be emotionally attached to outcomes you should just be see everything as an experiment everything is trial and error do your best to do something properly the first time but if you don't get it right try to figure out what what went wrong and you know don't beat yourself up about it just just learn from it and um yeah that's definitely one of the common excuse me one of the common traits is that these people like there's a lot of trial and error and failure behind the scenes that we're not all aware of. Um, and had they just not kept experimenting until they found what worked for them, um, then they would, they would not have eventually been successful. So that willingness to experiment and uh, you know, not, not be too hard on yourself when, when things don't go as planned is probably pretty important. Well, and, and you know, you mentioned that in terms of, you know, that be willing to uh, try new things and, and be flexible and and it's interesting that's that's something that i've discovered as well but at the same time you know it involves us stepping outside our comfort zone and and i've learned over the you know the years that that's a hard thing for you know most people to do is step outside their comfort zone do you feel just based on again what you've learned during interviews that these uh let's say these lifestyle entrepreneurs that have been highly successful do you feel they have uh, something extra that allows them to step inside their comfort zone or take action easier? Or do you think it's uh, something that they've learned by basically forcing themselves to do it? Yeah. I, well, I don't think that anyone is, is like born um, with confidence or, or with, you know, the, the willingness to step out of their comfort zone. I think it's, it, it's definitely something that can be learned over time and that anyone can learn to do. And, you know, the more you do it, the more getting uncomfortable becomes comfortable. Like you just get used to, you know, taking a chance and stepping outside of your comfort zone. And often that's where the growth happens. Um, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs are just wired to want to always be growing. And when they feel that they're stagnating or their business is stagnating, that's often a reflection of their personal development that's stagnating. And so they do something to get that growth happening again, they learn a new skill or they, you know, they take a new course or they go to a conference or they listen to a podcast or they, they go, they do something that, that they're a little bit scared of. Like 
because the growth is important. So as long as, as long as growth is, you place growth as a higher value than comfort, then you'll choose growth over comfort whenever the opportunity presents itself. I love that distinction and, and you know, that explanation for, for the why, because I think that's the challenge is sometimes people think that these high achievers, you know, if we call a person a high achiever or an influencer, people think that they have some innate trait or something that the rest of us, it's not available to us. And I've learned what you've learned, Tyler, is that it's something that we all have within us, but it doesn't mean we'll all take action on it. Yeah. And, and so that's the big differentiator there is, is you got to be willing to like, you know, don't think about it for too long. Just, just get it going. Um, I'll give you an example. I'll tell you this quick story. So uh, we, I just came back from a conference called Thrive in, uh, in Las Vegas. And I brought my wife with me who's, you know, for 10 years, I've been going to conferences and, and she's never wanted to, to come along. And she, she's been working in childhood early childhood education um, as an educator and a consultant and so on. And so she's been mastering her craft for 10 plus years. And, and this whole online marketing world and content creation world and entrepreneurship is just not something she's really cared to look into. But recently, you know, she started, you know, checking out what I'm doing and coming to conferences with me. And so we, we were at this conference together and she was going around telling people what she, what she, you know, what she does and, and, like you would be so great at sharing your message on YouTube and so that's outside of her comfort zone right she hasn't done that before uh, and we get back from Vegas and two days later we shoot her first video and get it on YouTube three days after that we've got her second video up and we've now we have an entire list of topics for her to cover and we're gonna get those published online and so that's an example of just step, taking action quickly like the longer you sit on something the longer you sit on an idea and just not take action on it, the, the more you think about it, the more you research it and psych yourself out and maybe never pursue it. But if you just, you know, jump into something, no expectations, just enjoy the process and see what happens. You'll amaze yourself with, with what, uh, with, with what you'll end up doing. And so hopefully that, that story, you know, helps encourage somebody who, uh, is, you know, thinking of doing something and still hasn't done it. Like, just, just do it. Like starting something is not the hard part. Sticking with something for a long time is, but starting something should never be, uh, never be difficult for you to do. So, I mean, that's a great story, Tyler. And, uh, and I think, yeah, it, it should, I, I mean, you know, it's, it inspires me and yet I step outside my comfort zone regularly. So, um, to hear, I always love hearing for me now, because I've been doing it such a long time, stepping inside my comfort zone, you know, it's not the same experience or feeling, unfortunately, as it was the first time I did it, because that was such an amazing experience. And so I love hearing when other people are expanding their comfort zone, and especially going from, you know, an area where they didn't think they could ever do it, or they would never do it, to a thing where they do it, not with ease necessarily, but are excited about doing it. So that story is great. Cool, man. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you like that. And yeah, I think, I think the big takeaway there is, you know, whenever you, you do something that is outside of your comfort zone or something new is not to have like any, you know, crazy expectations. That's probably what's making you scared of doing it in the first place is the expectation that it has to be perfect or you have to do it right the first time or, you know, what will people think? What will people say? If you just get rid of the expectations and treat it like an experiment and just go do it and see what happens, then the the fear has no has no place in that fear has no place in in, a, in an experiment so tyler as we wind down um yeah. there's three questions i always like to ask every guest we bring into the show so 
Uh, I'd love to ask you those questions, but just before we go there, I'm curious in terms of, you know, what I'm going to call the future <laughs> looks like for Tyler. So, you know, I know even since we've known each other, um, you've kind of been around the same sort of focus of lifestyle businesses and lifestyle entrepreneurs. But, and, and I think what's really cool is you've experienced, I believe, an experiment with uh, various platforms. So like um, podcasting, blogging, uh, the magazine. So what, in your estimation, does the future look like for you? Like, is, it, is this something you have planned, map, you know, planned and mapped out? Or is it something that you're just going to let it unwind and meant to unwind? Um, well, so my, my sweet spot is definitely content creation. Like I, I love to share information um, that I've learned and, and, you know, knowledge and experiences that I picked up, uh, you know, whether that's through articles, through videos, through podcasts, through online courses, you know, whatever the case is. Um, and over the years, I've learned to uh, publish content online, which started just as a hobby and didn't make me any money to figuring out, okay, if I actually created content that brought in customers for a business, now that's a, that's a tangible and that's a valuable skill to the marketplace. And so what I would, what I like to do is I like to help other companies and other entrepreneurs get their message out there, like create content, share, you know, whatever they have to say, like my wife, for example, who spent 10 years mastering childcare, um, you know, helping her share that message is, is a real privilege for me. Uh, but what I've learned to do is create content strategically and make sure that somebody, whoever I'm working with, you know, whether it's an individual or a company that we've got the strategy in place to create content that reaches whoever their target audience is and that brings them in, builds some trust, builds some awareness, but eventually guides them to buying whatever product or service that person has for sale. So creating uh, a content strategy that attracts customers um, has become you know, my primary focus, my sweet spot. And so for the future, you know, I'll continue to create as much content as I can on, on my own site, on my own platform. I'll continue to, to write articles and interview people and create courses, but I'd also um, like to spend a lot more time working with, with other entrepreneurs and helping them, uh, helping them get their message out there as well. So Tyler, I promised I want to ask uh, you three specific questions. It's really the only formal questions we ask on the show. Sure. Uh, and, and, and they're not, you know, you don't have to, the answers don't have to be any different. It's just that they're the only questions that we ask, we try to ask at least on every single show. Okay. Uh, one of those questions is, our show's called Conversations with Passion. So I just love to ask you, Tyler, whether you call it passion, purpose, your why, whatever that might be, a calling, um, why do you think, or do you think, I guess is the first part, but why do you think it's important for a person to discover that? Um, and if you do think it's important, why do you think it's important? Well, I believe that a person can have many different passions um, and, you know, some of them are meant to be hobbies. Some of them are meant to be enjoyed, you know, a few times a year or on the weekends and so on. And, but for that, that passion that does become your vocation or your career, uh, I think that the trick is to, is to pick that one craft that you do want to master and just commit to mastering it. And, you know, some days you'll be less passionate than others about that particular craft. Like just because you're passionate about your craft doesn't make every day easy. So you just, you got to be willing to stick with it long-term, give yourself plenty of time to really become the best at what you do. And when you do become the best at what you do, other people will notice and, uh, and, and a lot of opportunities you come your way. So pick something that you are passionate about, that you want to be your vocation, like separate those different passions you have from, from hobbies and what your actual vocation is, and then commit to mastering that um, until, until you become one of the best. So how about success? How do you personally define success, Tyler? 
Um, two words, freedom and fulfillment. I think if, if somebody has the freedom to live their life how they want to, that's part of it. Um, and, but the, uh, and that's the selfish part of it. And then the selfless part of it is, is having fulfillment. So knowing that, you know, the work you did and the, the success you achieved has, um, has helped you to feel fulfilled and has helped other people and has added value to other people in the world. So there's two parts to it, I think. And then my very last question is, uh, and I'll, I'll say last formal because I want to ask you how we can connect with you further. But last formal question is simply, um, if you could give some advice, you know, if you could sit across from maybe a 15-year-old or a 14-year-old Tyler and give him some life advice based on what you've learned in the years since, what do you think you might tell him? So you can, you can learn pretty much anything. Um, again, thanks to the internet, we've got access to people, to, to books, to blogs, to podcasts, to courses, to videos. Like there's nothing that you can't learn on your own, on your own time. Uh, and, and, and in many cases for free or at least very inexpensively. So I would never let what you don't know stop you from, from accomplishing something or from pursuing something. Like if you set a goal that, you know, you want to buy a bunch of real estate. Great. Like you can find out how to do that. Like there's people who have done it. If, if you set a goal that you want to be a freelance web designer, that's great too. You can figure out how to do that. People have done it and they've, and they've shared how uh, online. So don't let a lack of knowledge uh, stop you from, from achieving what you want to achieve. Like that shouldn't be the excuse for anyone is if anything, there's, there's too much information. There's so much information uh, for us to consume. So the problem is not, can we actually get the information that we need is the problem is, will we actually apply what we learn once we, once we learn it? So, uh, yeah, I just want people to realize anything is learnable. Uh, there's a lot of things that are, that are, should be unlearned as well. Like if you've got some things that you've learned that aren't serving you or some beliefs that aren't serving you, you can unlearn those and you can replace them with better information and better beliefs. And once you've got that better information, the second part is make sure you do something with it. Don't, don't sit on it for too long. Otherwise, it's just wasted. Go and actually do something with it. Treat it like an experiment. Do something. See what happens. Learn from your results and, and keep going that way. Awesome stuff. And Tyler, what you mentioned there about you know almost too much information, it's funny to me when I hear that because uh, I actually have been saying for quite some time now, I actually have a talk based around this, but that we're living in a, an information-heavy wisdom light society. It's hard to find. Yes, that's a good way of putting it. Well, and what's funny about that to me is that I've been, like I said, I've been sharing that for a long time now. And uh, my girlfriend actually sent me along an article, I think it was um, uh, um, Ariana Huffington, who, uh, okay. who actually wrote an article or shared an article probably on Huffington Post, I would assume, um, that basically summed just that up, you know, said almost the same words. So it's interesting. Uh, I think we're, we're, you know, it's not that obviously she saw me say it, but um, I think that we're, we're coming to that realization now, as, uh, especially as people that are maybe influencers in the sense that you're seeing, you're seeing even more of it than most because you're working in information and content all the time, that mm -hmm. the new challenge is going to be how do we sift through and get to the stuff that's going to move the needle without getting bogged down in the stuff that's going to hold you back from moving the needle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Totally agree. So Tyler, uh, I promised the last question was simply going to be, asking you how we can learn more. So somebody's listening to this interview, uh, you know, they, they want to learn more about the content you've created or, or learn more about lifestyle businesses or want to maybe read the blogs on your website or learn more about your magazine. Any of those questions, where would you normally direct them? 
Sure. Um, so the first thing I'll say is that if you search for me on social media, I'm pretty easy to find because I, I think I'm the only person with the name Tyler Basu, at least that I can find online. Um, so you can find me on social pretty easily. My personal site is tylerbasu.com. Feel free to get in touch with me there. And if you'd like to check out any of the articles or the podcast interviews about lifestyle entrepreneurship, you can go to lifestylebusinessmag.com. Love it. So Tyler... Sue, this has been an absolute pleasure. I knew it would be. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's long overdue, but thank you so much uh, for coming on today and sharing some great insight with us. And um, I have no doubt that uh, I can call it a to be continued in the, and I'm sure we'll have you back on again in the future. But in the interim, thank you ever so much for uh, sharing your insight with us today and helping us make some magic happen. Hey, no problem, Corey. This was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I'm glad to call you a friend and, uh, and of course, I'm happy to keep in touch. Sold. Sounds good to me. Thanks so much, Tyler. Well, that's all, folks. That's another great show with a few great concepts and ideas that might be just what you need to get your ball rolling. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'd like to thank a few people for helping make this show possible. IB Trade Show. Go to ibtradeshow.com. Engaged Leadership. Go to in-gaged.ca. Permadry. Guaranteed solutions for leaky basements. Go to permadry.com. Sites and Bytes, your site for great service. Sitesandbytes.ca. Oxford Learning, never stop learning. Go to OxfordLearning.com. SmileDog, your receptionist. Go to SmileDog.ca. Thanks again for tuning in. On behalf of Corey Poirier, I am Marco Kelly, and this has been Conversations with Passion. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.